Visible is a wireless carrier that is not invisible. It is pretty clear from the name, actually, radio waves are invisible. And I can say this with authority as a licensed amateur radio operator. That being said, Visible won't be giving you the power to see light outside the visible spectrum. It's actually way better because having that ability would make getting around very difficult and distracting. What you do get with Visible is unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. You get one line of wireless, just $25 a month, which is great in these times of economic uncertainty. That is one line for $25, taxes and fees included. So whatever you're doing at this moment, please stop. Switch immediately. Now, monthly rate on the Visible plan for data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Wir gerne sehen in was ist los. It's dein Freundo Seth. I'm learning German. Yeah, in case you didn't know what that was. That is me trying to impress you with the little German that I know. Right now, I am actually learning German. I took it in high school. I goofed off the entire time. I did some other language learning apps. They taught me things like where the taxi stand is and how to find a bus, um, but not a lot of conversational uh German. Thankfully, that's what Babbel is all about. Babbel teaches you language conversationally, which let's face it, that is what you want to know anyway. I don't know. When I was in school, you learned like how to count. You learned like the colors. You learned the shapes. Those are all important things, but they don't help you when you're in uh, like Cologne, Germany with Ein Nierenstein, which by the way is German for kidney stone, uh, an experience I can unfortunately speak personally to. But I've been using Babbel to learn to speak German again, uh, better than I have before. I actually really like it because it is conversational. It's a little bit more relaxed. One of the things that it does that I really like is it'll sometimes show you what the literal English translation is. And I don't know why, but I find that very helpful in sort of understanding the structure, the grammar of a language and sort of putting myself into that mind space. Since I'm only in Germany for Gamescom, which is like a week, week and a half, I'm not immersed in the German language. I'm not immersed in German culture. So what I do is the second best thing. I'm taking Babbel. Hopefully this year when I go to Germany, I'll be able to impress all the Germans with how much German I know from learning through Babbel. The app has pronunciation recognition, so you'll be able to learn how to speak better with your accent, how to actually properly pronounce the words. That way you won't get made fun of by a, a group of older German men because you said Apfelstrudel and not Apfelstrudel. Um, no, it's really cool. Uh, I'm going to say right now there is a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now you can get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners because you guys are the best ones, by the way, at babbel.com slash realm. Get 60% off at babbel.com slash realm. That is spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash realm. Rules and restrictions may apply. Nintendo!
week of September 29th, 2016. I am your host, Jose Otero, and this is IGN's Nintendo Show. I'm joined once again by a very talented cast of people. Starting to my right, Per Schneider. And me. Starting <laughs> to my left, uh, Brian Altano. <laughs> and we have Jared Petty joining us once again. Happy to visit. So, before we get into what we're here to talk about, let's talk about IGN. Because 20 years ago today, the day this podcast what? was recorded... N64.com was founded, and thereby, that is the first existence, really, of IGN. Yeah, that's on right. On the web. That's right. Back then, uh, Imagine Media, the site created by Chris Anderson, uh, part of Future Publishing back in the days, um, they decided to basically grab the URL N64.com, which not Nintendo didn't call the Nintendo 64 that at the time, mm. and create a website there. They also launched, uh, before the end of 1996, they launched Saturn World. Uh, they had uh, Ultra Game Players Online, Next Generation Online, if you've been around, PSX Power. And that was the foundation for what would be the Imagine Games Network. Imagine, the publisher's name. Yeah, that's uh, what IGN, IGN stands for. Yeah, yeah most yeah. people, I think, you ask them so on which the street, what's IGN mean? They're like, oh. You can ask people that work here, and they wouldn't be able to tell you that. Yeah, that Game too. name, although yeah. no, like technically, it's not like at some point that was retconned out of existence, right? We're just well, IGN now. We were spun out of Imagine Media, so they were no longer our parent company. Uh, but the, the parent company stayed. was called Snowball at the yeah. time. Yeah, and um, no, then, then we just basically said, "Hey, it's like THQ or CNN." There was a meaning, but nobody knows what it means, and so the we cable we news network or BBC. Yeah, yeah, there that's you right. go. So All we right. use sometimes we say Internet Generation Network or uh, I Got Nuts or whatever. Cool, we have lots of names. <laughs> There we I go. got news. So, uh, and speaking of news, we have a birthday party that we want to talk about. So, right. IGN's 20th birthday is being brought to you in tandem by us and Alienware. Uh, we're going to celebrate 20 years of gaming, which is going to be pretty cool. Uh, I call it the IGN Das Haus Party. Um, on October 15th in San Francisco from 4 to 10 p.m., uh, the location is going to be called uh, this place called The Village. It's over on Market Street. You can come over, check it out. Tickets are available on Eventbrite. You just uh, Google search 20 years of gaming, IGN, uh, and Alienware. Uh, you should be able to find it. Uh, tickets are still available. Make sure you come check it out. We're gonna be. We're gonna be. Are we? Be, are we invited? Like, am I doing something on that show? Yes. No uh, one's talked to well, me yet. We, I was on so, vacation. So they no. The uh, they're planning right now the shows. Uh, you okay. know, we'll definitely have. Uh, we'll definitely have a lot of the IGN personalities on stage. We just did the Nintendo one, so uh, we'll we'll see if we'll Wait, be we there. We did the Nintendo we, one. Was no, I here? We, we just did. Uh, sorry, we did a Nintendo house party, right? Oh, like a, got it, I, got it, got a, it. A Nintendo voice chat one. I yeah. can confirm at this time that Sam Claiborne will be crowd surfing oh very uh, nice that's gonna happen okay. so, so we, we might not have that's an not NBC segment good. per se but we're yeah. gonna be there okay and you can talk to us and all okay of that. yeah got it got yeah. it so we'll be there we may not have a show on there but we'll, you can find us in the building so that's fine there will be representation of your favorite IGN personality there you go that's how we it's do it Bri- it's basically Brian all I'm all, all, Brian. Ass off all Brian all the time Brian it's gonna be something show. like that it's yeah. gonna be awful no we'll have all Brian you'll you'll see all all the guys um and girls you see on camera at IGN and us in the room and you I know GameScoop is playing a zany game show yeah. on stage, apparently. Mm, yeah. So that'll be fun. And Maybe Steve Butts not and I, the first time. Steve Butts and I, who's the EIC, we're thinking of some some way for people to meet with us and kind of bounce off like their resumes, like an idea, like, hey, what does it take to get a, a job in games media? That's always the number one question we get at the office tours. Mm-hmm. And as part of the ticket, you actually get access to the office tour as well on on the Friday before uh, before this house party. Oh, got yeah. it, got So it. we're gonna do a super sized version of our monthly uh, first Friday, and you'll get uh, personal tours with Sweet. us. Sweet. So it'll All be right. good. 
So let's talk about games. So apparently, for the past two weeks while I was gone, we promised to talk about Dragon Quest Seven: Fragments of the Forgotten Past, and that's and all the time we have. Didn't. <laughs> so we're gonna kick. Thanks for off. watching. Yeah. This, this is my third week with these props. Yeah, no, I'm bringing it out like little toilet. Play with yeah. me. If you were watching the video and wondering why. Well, now we're here to tell you why. So Jared, talk about Dragon Quest Seven: Fragments of the Forgotten Past, which just came out uh, last week, I believe, if not the week before, yeah. on uh, 3DS. Well, yeah, once long ago, a PlayStation. RPG now reduced to a teeny tiny cartridge, <laughs> yeah. but of no these loading. two, uh, yeah, this is the superior version for a lot of reasons. Looks a little nicer. So though. this is the most JRPG of JRPGs. Mm -hmm. uh, Dragon Quest Seven is when people talk about like an eighty or hundred hour RPG, they're usually talking about side quests. No, that is the the core substance of this. You can put hundreds of hours into Dragon Quest Seven, and it's not a tedium. The early version had a bad. Pacing. It really got off to a very slow start, and you're just like, oh, when am I going to get going? And the job system dropped in like 30 hours in. Yeah, um, well, very late. Uh, yeah, the, well, not very late. That's that's like a third of the way through the no, game. But, but still, uh, like you have to put, <laughs> like if you are the kind of person who tries out a game yeah. and you're like, ah, oh, this is not for me, you walk away, you are actually missing the core character system mm. if you didn't play it for a while. And you're saying this started slow. That still starts slow. It starts slow, but yeah. it starts less slow. If things move more quickly, this and they, they do a better job of bringing you right into the story. The art's very nice. The characters, the enemies yeah. are right on the map. They've added neat little things yeah, like... They, uh, and they changed the battle system. It used to be a random battle style sort of game, yeah. uh, an RPG. With which, invisible enemies if, on the know, map. That's yeah. similar to Pokemon, except not just in the tall grass. I mean, anywhere mostly on a world mm -hmm. map you can get attacked. And now they have enemies that you will see and you can choose when to fight them. Exactly. Yeah. And this game kind of got short shrift back in the day because it wasn't a big cinematic RPG. And then that was an era when that was what people were expecting from their RPGs. This was kind of humble and low-tech looking and yeah. colorful and well, simple. Final Fantasy VII had come out. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. This was a yeah. late PS1 game. Yeah, yeah. Final so Fantasy imagine, VII. Imagine that world right there, right? Final Fantasy VII was the game that elevated yeah. what people thought of cinematic presentation in games, let alone RPGs, in a way that none of us thought. It wasn't just even that. It was even through marketing. It was just constantly showing you like a few seconds of something, uh, a CG something, and you going... Man, that world looks and, crazy. Yeah, mm -hmm. it looks good. And Dragon Quest was always the you know less flashy. Like the Dragon Quest series in general, kind of ran in parallel with their competitors at the time over at Square, right? Like it was an Enix franchise, mm -hmm. and and the two were not part of the same company, which they are now. So was Final Fantasy um, the Beatles, and Dragon Quest was the yeah, Rolling Stones. Final somewhere? Fantasy <laughs> was the drama, like the a character can die in the middle of the story, like the really heavy stuff. Mm -hmm. And Dragon Quest was, you know, for the most part, the stories are more kind of lighthearted, more kind of classic With the RPG. exception of five, yeah, yeah. Which, which I think kicks any Final Fantasy, Final Fantasy story over right. a bridge. Five's yeah. great. To uh, a curb. Yeah, wonderful. But uh, you know, short shift back in the day, although IGN loved it. This got, I think, an 8.8 .8 back yep. in the day, something like that. Mm -hmm. uh, so we really did enjoy it even then. And yeah. this version's better. Uh, this is a wonderful RPG that you probably haven't played and is well worth your time. It has... It is just, it's solid. It is the Snickers it, bars of RPGs. It, it, uh, it, it, yeah, there's nothing like, nothing like, wow, that's going to blow you away. But also, everything's just good and filling and fun. And you know what it has? It has the structure of kind of a classic level-based game mm -hmm. where, you know, the progression in the game is like, you get the story, you get introduced to the main characters, and then there are a bunch of fetch quests. I mean, you do a lot of like, oh, now go back there and meet this guy again. Now ask that guy. Like, it takes a while to get going. But then... 
the kind of the core hub, basically you collect these pieces and you unlock worlds and bring them back. And it has almost this kind of like level structure system where you complete a story and things get connected and filled out well, as you play. It's well, very there's charming. There's an aspect too. of time travel to this, right? Yeah, there's right. a time there's travel. Sort of, exactly. Yeah. There's time travel and things that you do. Although it's, it is a linear story, uh, but the time travel is reflected well in the story. It's handled well. Yeah. It's handled in clever ways. Also, there's a, uh, there's a new feature. There's uh, the ability to switch uh, dungeons with, with friends and unlock new things through yep. that. They've she added does. that, too. Yeah. So, that, yeah, you've got, so that's another cool thing you can do if you have uh, DS-owning buddies that you can convince to buy Dragon Quest uh, Seven. So, so this is kind of a... I like it. Yeah, this is a really good lost gem. And good, good uh, music too. Oh, got to play music. it with with headphones. It's Although really I've heard the uh, the music is different. Uh, I thought um, in terms of it's not orchestrated. Is that is that true? Did you guys notice? Like, what's what's the? It's all humming now. It's just not imagined. <laughs> I, I would play the. Well, it's a little bit. <laughs> heck do, out of do you mean it has a little bit more of a big bandy sound to it? Mm-hmm. I heard like, it had less actually. Uh, no, no, yeah. like big band, like like less it's, orchestra, more kind of like, like it sounds you know, trumpet peppy. drum, and it, it's very peppy. I think it sounds great. Yeah, sounds I think good. so too. It's uh, and, I, okay. I've heard um, okay, some some uh, orchestrations back when I lived in Japan of Dragon Quest music, and they they kind of sounded more like the game sounds now. Whenever they took the original kind of like sixteen bit soundtrack and 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 orchestrated it, it sounds sounds a lot yeah. like that. Here's the pitch: yeah. if you, if you can play one Dragon Quest, yeah. play five. Right, if yeah. you can play two Dragon Quests. Play nine, but if you can play three Dragon Quests, play seven. seven uh, eight. <laughs> I, isn't eight? Like eight's the, really good. Eight, eight, yeah, eight's eight, really good. Eight no, what, what I like about seven is that it, it typifies like it really is kind of a giant stereotype. Mm-hmm. But yeah. there's actually nothing else out there that fits all the beats <laughs> except this and does it well. You know, it's it's the good version of everything you make fun of about JRPG. It's the game where you leave the house. Your mom says, "Hold on, one more thing." Yeah, you know. Okay, That's exactly. Essentially, enough. it and it works. Yeah. It All works. Right. So speaking of uh, games and if they work or not, Brian is going to talk about River City Tokyo Rumble and how what? it kind of surprised the heck out of him. Yeah, no one in this room knows about this game, right? Yeah. I know it exists, yeah. It, so uh, this was sort of like secretly released. It's Natsumi, so that's not a surprise. They uh, sort of just go like... Natsume, yeah. Natsume. Yeah, Natsume. Yeah. Natsume. They go, hey, it's out. Um, so River City Tokyo Rumble is a side-scrolling beat-em-up with like tons of RPG elements and tons of charm. Uh, if you grew up in the 80s or 90s playing beat-em-ups like Double Dragon and River City Ransom and Streets of Rage or you play those old sort of like uh, I don't know what's what the proper term for them is the sort of like Chibi-headed, kind oh, of? The, like the Cuneo games, Cuneo, Crash and the yeah. Boys, yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Stuff so like that. Super, Super Dodgeball, Dodgeball and uh-huh. a bunch of games like that. The yeah. soccer game, yeah. yeah. So this is revisiting those classic games. Uh, it's a brand new sort of open world-ish River City Ransom game where uh, you're a bunch of kids in high school. And something bad goes down, and you have to walk around town and beat up gangs. Uh, and the way you do that is just very simple punches and kicks, jump kicks, more or moves combinations of both. Or combinations yeah, of both. Yeah. Uh, so it starts off pretty simple. And if you played a game like Double Dragon or Streets of Rage, you understand that there's like a very kind of simplistic moveset, even like Ninja Turtles in Time or yeah. something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, what differs in this game is that when you beat up enemies, they drop money, mm-hmm. and you take the money into stores in town, uh, which you get to take a train all over Tokyo and Shibuya mm-hmm. and different places, and go shopping for. Or either food that gives you buffs, such as like you can you know become stronger or learn new kicks or punches, or you actually like find weird exotic bookstores yep. that give you books that like teach you how to do jump kicks hmm. and spin kicks and cyclones, just and like River like, City Ransom. Yeah, just like yeah. River City Ransom. So there are like dozens of moves in this game, like tons, and you level up your character more and more. You level up each attribute too. So you're basically uh, your point of this game is to go around town, 
beat up gangs, beat up bullies, take their money, level up your character, and go kick their ass some more. Um, nice. You like it? I love it. What, I love system, it. what system can 3DS. Yeah. Nintendo okay. 3DS. Huh? Uh, and it actually does some really cool stuff with the 3DS in terms of like um, you can – so it's the, – the sprites are 16-bit, but the backgrounds are, are polygons. Ooh. So you can actually okay. like hit the shoulder buttons and pop in and zoom in mm-hmm. on them or go street level and pull back. So it's like a, a weird sort of – Sort of in the way they did like the the classic NES series, uh, the the 3D NES games, or like the 3D Genesis games, where there's the background and there's a 3D sprite in the front. Okay. So the graphics actually work really well. That mm-hmm. whole effect is very well pronounced, uh, and the music's great. It's really catchy and has one of my favorite Easter eggs of all time. But I will not don't spoil give it away. I yeah. have three questions I want to ask you about. Yes. This. First, how does it match up to Scott Pilgrim, which? Yeah, in a lot I of mean, ways, it sounded like very Scott similar Pilgrim. game. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, so you're talking about specifically yeah. though the Scott Pilgrim games. Yeah, the Scott Pilgrim by Ubisoft, right? Because Scott Pilgrim, really the, music, the book was, and movie were yeah. influenced heavily by River City Ransom. Then yeah. they made a great game. Yeah, how's this match up to that game? The game is actually a great sort. The, the Scott Pilgrim game, which is one of my favorite co-op games of last gen, uh, is a really good sort of cover song of River City Ransom, I'd say. Okay. Um, in this year, the there are still boss characters and stuff like that, but this does feel a lot more old school, and okay. I mean that in a good way. Like, Scott Pilgrim, I think the, a lot of the like effects were a little bit over the top, and it kind of leaned into the 16-bit era a little bit more. This really feels a lot hmm. more 8-bit. Mm. Um, so that's awesome. What were your other Second questions? Second question. <laughs> uh, how does how does the local multiplayer work on 3ds? Because when the River City Ransom NES port came to mm-hmm. uh, came to 3ds, the multiplayer on local networking kind of sucked. Does yeah. it work on this one? So this has a like a, a bunch of multiplayer modes. One of them is a full on dodgeball mode, which is just the original <sighs> dodgeball game, which you can play. Yeah. Uh, then there's a Smash Brothers style four player beat 'em up mode, which huh. works. Um, and I wasn't able to try local co op because I only had one copy of the game and I have no friends. Okay, but Aww, there is that four player. True. <laughs> that's not true. Yeah, that four-player space type of thing they did in Japan, so that's all. Uh, okay, yeah. so, and then the last question, do you see Kunio's naked butt in the sauna in this one? I was not able to find saunas, but you can kiss the girls that work in burger restaurants. Wow. Yeah. Okay. That's not just a smile. You actually get a kiss. It's, it's free. Living right. the dream. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There you go. So yeah, check that out. If you're looking for sort of nice. like a nice, like kind of casual. I think you just sold them on it. Yeah. 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 If you're looking for like a nice casual beat em up style game on your 3DS, there really aren't a lot of games yeah. like that. Yeah. And, uh, not these days. Yeah. And, you know, it's kind of a calm before the storm. With well, the it's run. interesting because we, we, we kind of lived through where hmm. every game was a beat em up game. Yeah. Like it was that, that 90s <laughs> period where it was like Final Fight, The Simpsons. Simpsons, yep. X-Men, Double Dragon, every, Double Dragon, but Double Dragon and River City Ransom were kind of the, I feel like the the two games that sort of led the pack, at least until like Fatal Fury mm-hmm. showed yeah. up years later. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and then um, every Batman game ever. Yeah, oh my totally. God. Batman, Batman Returns. Batman doesn't Nintendo. like to do anything but well, Batman. And, and Double Dragon and River City Ransom, both by the same developer, that great moment mm-hmm. at the end of River City Ransom when mm-hmm. the Dragon Twins come out and the Double Dragon music starts playing. This is it. Oh, even uh, Battletoads was a Yeah, a even Battletoads, that, for sure. Although that that had like that speeder bike sequence was just unplayable. you all. But no, you're right in that the 2D beat em up genre was awesome for a very long time mm-hmm. and just like the 3d platformer genre just kind of disappeared yeah, yeah. so wow. um i'm hoping we get to see more stuff like this uh this is a wonderful little game i believe it's on the eShop right now um so go check that out because you probably need a game like that on your 3ds sweet all right Ooh. so next Good up on the list is the pokemon go plus which i oh. am wearing right oh. now um so if you don't know what this thing is it is nintendo's portion of the trifecta as a pair searches his pockets <laughs> And finds his. Oh, and this is blinking. Blue. Is that okay? Yeah. Uh, no, I think he just hit it by accident because oh. I don't think it's paired. 
Um, so this is an accessory. Paired. If you paired. if you're <laughs> still playing paired, how about that? Oh. Um, if you if you're playing Pokemon Go, this is an accessory so that you can put your phone away and focus on where you're going and not walk into a hazard or something more dangerous. Um, yeah, Sam Sam talked about it a little bit last week and brought his in too. Um, Got it. But okay. I think we we forgot to mention that you know when you encounter a Pokemon that you don't yet have, Ooh. it blinks yellow, yeah. which is really important, okay. right? That's kind of like the cue to say, hey important beeper doctor doctor right like yeah. that's when you got to take out your phone so right. wanna, yeah, yeah and i actually do want to talk about that a little yeah. bit so i obviously you guys have laid some groundwork for mm-hmm. it but it does sort of notify you whenever pokemon are nearby whether yep. you've caught them or not it notifies you when pokestops are nearby whether you've passed them or not uh, or actually when you're about to pass them um but i think the thing that strikes me is so i i like the ability to detach from the phone i think i stopped playing pokemon go simply because I got tired of two things: battery drain. Yeah, but I did buy a, I did buy a rechargeable battery pack. But then mm-hmm. I just felt like a very weird with the cable coming out of me. Like I felt like I was wired to my phone constantly. That was my issue on trips. Like I'd fly to New York and I'm at the airport, like walking around and attacking and a gym, explore, and then yeah. I'm at forty percent. I'm like, oh, I don't want to like have to tether myself yeah, to right. my. And that, that's where I stopped playing. Yeah, too. yeah. And I also yeah. stopped playing. I, I just I kind of binged on it too much and and definitely was part of the the, the zeitgeist yeah um and maybe it's not as much as a zeitgeist now but uh it, or it's not as popular now but regardless um so the accessory is cool in that you can put the phone away you pair it it's very easy to pair even though it does go through some some weird sort of errors where sometimes desyncs. Um, it desyncs and then you have to completely start the sync process over mm-hmm. also the manual like inside of the packaging was like the bare minimum it really was, like, really bad just yeah. Uh, go to settings pair with your pair with the app and then when I paired it with the app the funny thing was I had done it before I downloaded the update to the app from the Google Play Store and so I basically when it shows you the screens of like these are the instructions and how it works and you know it's green when it's a Pokemon you know it was like PG sample text PG sample text here's the art PG yeah it was just it was all broken wow is it working Um, for Bluetooth like, yeah, it is working it? off okay. of Bluetooth. Um, huh. It does come with a battery inside. I think it's just one of those thin, like, nickel cell style batteries. Like, the very, like, thin, round uh, batteries. I always call them nickel cell batteries, but oh, I don't think that's weird. what they're actually called. I don't even know, called. like, where you buy those anymore. Uh, yeah, no. But, um, yeah, so so sometimes it desyncs. I think that's a problem. And depending on where you live, it's either this cool thing that you just tap once in a while or it's this thing that is vibrating constantly. Really? So, so from the walk from mm-hmm. where I live to, I take the, the BART station every day. From the walk to where I live to the BART station, it's roughly a 10-minute walk. I'll get maybe five notifications, five alerts that there are Pokemon nearby because there aren't many stops on the way. There's like one actual Pokestop at the station itself, but on the way to the station, nothing. So that's fine. You get to San Francisco. And I walk from the BART station to the office, which is over by uh, the Giants uh, ballpark. And it is vibrating constantly. I'm <laughs> sorry. I got, I'm banging the table because yep. it's just like zzz, zzz, zzz. And every two seconds, it's either a Pokestop or a Pokemon. Now, catching Pokemon, if, if you know how Pokemon Go works, you know that catching more Pokemon is the way you build XP. And thereby, the more you catch the more you're sort of feeding into that. Mm-hmm. Once you hit level 20, you feel disappointed when you catch Pokemon because the XP jumps are so small. You're right. like, this is going to take forever. Yeah. Whereas with the accessory, it's easy to just catch, 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 throw them all away later, the ones mm-hmm. you don't want, because you don't want that 10 mm-hmm. CP Pidgey, you know. <laughs> um, and then, uh, you, you know, go, get, go about yeah. your day. But grind you, him you into get, candy. You, yeah, yeah, grind him into all the candy. But you, you, you basically go through those motions. 
but yeah, it, it just becomes this this be, it, two things. First of all, it's like playing the game with your eyes closed. I feel because you don't have the app out. That sounds so you don't know fun, what you're, right? You don't know what you're catching. You just want to catch. That can be fun, just in terms of that you want to gain your XP to get your next level. But it's not actually fun. I agree with it, you. But it then only, the second it, thing is it only works because you've moved at that point. You've moved on to the chore stage of the game where yeah. you have a lot of Pokemon. It's no longer about discovery of something new. It's about leveling the Feed mob. Feed me, I want no, XP. That's, that's it. That's and it. so that's where this device actually works and is still kind of fun and addictive. No, no, yeah. in its own way. Yeah, yeah no. For Sorry, sure. your second thing. What was? Uh, that? I can't remember because oh, I'm a little <laughs> You just you came I in. The, the pair the pair wrecking ball just came you through. You don't need to remember how much. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I. So I, I love and I hate it a little bit because I feel like uh, if you live in the city, it's a little bit more of an annoyance than it should be. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you're out on a walk just out somewhere where there aren't as many Pokestops, it feels like it, it's it's more interesting. <laughs> Secondly, actually, and now I remember, uh, the tech itself, uh, the device feels sturdy. The wristband, I think, is flimsy. Actually, the clasp on this thing comes up constantly mm-hmm. throughout the day, which is kind of weirding me out. But it doesn't fall off. Um, the... The LED that tells you what's going on in terms of green or blue. I'm going to wrap this up, I swear. we got to move on. Um, I believe in you. Is uh, <laughs> If it's a clear day, like we just had a heat wave in San Francisco. Yeah. If it's a clear day out, you can't see what color this is unless you oh, cover really? it with your hand. Yeah, yeah it is. The, the sun Luckily, absolutely wins. A that clear fight. day in San Francisco is... Only once, yeah. what, well, every been, four months. It's been three days. Right. <laughs> what they, yeah. they put in it? A Game Boy Advance screen? It's very, uh, it's very. Ah. I mean, the LED light is, is, is not, not is not, not good enough. Yeah. yeah, it's not bad, but it's not great outdoors as Got I think it. it should be on a super clear day. Do but you, then I mean, at night, when I'm taking the Bart. It is the brightest thing in the room, so everyone on the platform knows I'm trying to catch Pokemon, <laughs> <laughs> and I feel like a child. <laughs> it's okay. You can. I'm sure you can. Like come I'm up walking with into the station, you just see. But, <laughs> so, but, so aside from the 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 dimness, the light, and your uh, inability to hide your own uh, child childlike wonder from the world, <laughs> um, I have a feeling that this thing would have been a lot more successful had they launched it when the game was there because then your user experience would have mimicked what you're actually doing when you're out in the, in the yeah. world. At this point, everyone's so high level. They're so end game. Like I was with Andrew Goldfarb when he was in Europe and he got uh, Mr. Mime and Snorlax mm-hmm. yeah. and basically locked down the only ones he could get left in America and Europe. That's right. That's right. And all that was left was uh, the Asian countries. And he is basically done with the game. But he got the thing anyway because it's cool. Um, well, he's done with one aspect of the game. Yeah. Some yes. folks have been focusing on like the battling portion of it, and this thing does nothing for that. Right. Yeah. If anything, though, the last thing I'm not mentioning is that it does. Uh, uh, it counts your steps towards hatching eggs. Ah. Hatching eggs is actually a great way to get battle-worthy Pokemon, yeah. essentially, because they have better stats, and you want better stats if you're yeah, going to be taking. And now with the, the, you get more candy that way too because yeah. you have your the buddy your system, buddy thing. system. And yeah, sooner yeah. or later, new Pokemon are coming, yeah. and then suddenly you have mm-hmm. a cool new accessory that you can use in the way you always. Yeah, have. I, sure. I think when what? that second wave hits, I think the popularity for this thing can shoot up if it doesn't do so well. Out those of those are gate. the two negatives. Like it, yeah. it should have been there at launch, and honestly, it should be cheaper. Um, thirty-five. Like, it's yeah. $35. I mean, like think think about it. Like you can make a game and watch and sell it for a price of this kind of thing. Something yeah. with a display, mm-hmm. and this doesn't doesn't make sounds. It doesn't yeah. display so anything. It does feel good though for a thirty-five dollar like device. It's it's not. Chintzy. But it's, is this it's something not, that I bought, I bought some Bluetooth things and I'm just like, what is this? It does like, have a little heft good. to it. Yeah. 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 Is it's this solid. one of those things that uh, can receive firmware updates or anything, uh, or is it locked? Is it pretty much locked in? Bluetooth devices, I believe, can. Yeah. Uh, can you play a primitive form of Simon on it? 
Huh? Right. No, but that would be interesting. Um, um, yeah, like one button Simon. Yeah, one button Simon. Simon. One button Simon. Yeah. Yeah. Never get it wrong. That'd be great. All right, so uh, let's move on to Sonic Boom. Uh, is it A Tale of Fire and Ice? No, Sonic Boom, Fire and Ice. Okay, so yeah, it's, it's a Game of Thrones reference. George R.R. R. Martin. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Sonic. The bloodiest Sonic game on the planet. Uh, no, I did not encounter any bloody scenes okay. uh, in this, yeah. but there was plenty of fire and plenty of ice. Okay. Uh, some, uh, but yeah, it was good. Uh, I reviewed it and uh, had a very good time with Sonic Did you Boom. like the first one? Did you play it? Uh, I didn't fool around okay, with... Right. Uh, it, you're talking about yeah, the I was just curious. Yeah, I was going to say, there's... Are you talking about uh, Rhyme of Whatever or... Yeah, um, no, I... No, what is it called? Ah, doesn't okay. matter. Well, like, anyway, but you, no, so I, this is this is the first. I I went in fresh with this one. Okay, yeah, this this is this is where Which I started. Which is risky time. when it's a Sonic game. Continue. Yeah, and uh, I was really happy to see that it's a solid, engaging game. It's not perfect by a long shot. Uh, it's bland. Uh, the environments are very bland. The music's so bad that I just turned it off eventually. Yeah. Uh, the cutscenes and dialogue are painful to watch. Yeah. But the actual core like. Gameplay is very clever. You mm. can do, you can kind of seamlessly switch between very fast, reactive Sonic action where you're running and you're swinging and jumping on enemies and looping around yep. and popping to an, and you do have a degree of control. You're not on autopilot. You, you have to respond. Often it's one button press, but you'll have to choose between your fire ice toggle, your swing button, your yeah. attack button. So you're, it's, it's actually pretty challenging at times. Uh, fortunately, the game is very forgiving. It does get ahead of itself sometimes, but when it does, it, it it's very nice about the checkpoints, and okay. you're just right there again, ready to go. But it but balances it, it with at any moment. I can just be like, I want to explore. Okay. And the levels, it's the same level, and there are these really nice mapping systems, so you don't get lost. And you're just like, oh, I want to go see what's over there in that little alcove. And there's all kinds of collectibles. There are secret levels yeah. hidden in there, so it's like you don't just find like you know three little hammers or something. I mean, you can do that, but you can also find an entire stage hidden over there with a challenge to it, and then. I trading card reward for that and then on the world map there are optional stages that are clearly marked as optional and they're like little shooter sections and there's little racing sections and it's fun you mostly get to play a sonic so you don't have to fool around with his annoying friends if you don't want to mm -hmm. uh, you're only forced to do them for a very limited number of levels and actually all of them are they range between fine and kind of fun yeah, uh, and nice. yeah, they have to, like, you know, Knuckles can dig and there's a kind of a whole cool digging mechanic that works or, uh, okay. Tails has a gun, which is actually quite useful, uh, Tails has, but, but you don't, but you don't need them 90% of the wow. game. You don't need them. You can switch just on the fly. You can play a Sonic the games fast. The exploration makes sense. Mm -hmm. Um, good. Cause I, I mean, it. I like, I mean, I like Sonic when you can run fast, but, uh, you know, back in the Genesis days, I came right off Mario and I run across this level and I'm seeing all this cool stuff down there. I'm like, I, I don't know how I feel about this. Like, I really like the, the sense of speed and going through the loops, but I feel like I'm constantly missing something, yeah. right? And the way the game was structured, it wasn't structured in a way that it encouraged uh, exploration per se, right? Like back mm -hmm. then in the days. Um, but then it also had these confounding spikes sometimes mm -hmm. where you, you're having a really good time running fast. <laughs> right, and then you're dead, and and that's something they struggle with And it over does again; it does occasionally yeah. happen, yeah. but when it does, they they do one of two things: one, the ring system works in your favor, and they pop you back right before that section. Okay, and you just keep going. That's great. Or the or the checkpoints right there. Yeah, I gotta um, say, those games though have always felt to me like just the most natural like speedrunner game, but for everyone, like it was like the mentality was just you know yeah. not to not to quote a meme here, but gotta go fast. Yeah, but um, to me, part. 
part of it also led into like it almost felt like like a like a race course. Like some of my favorite Sonic levels, and I, I haven't been a fan of a lot of the games, but I've been a fan of a few of them, have felt like it is about that optimization of point A to point B and what can I pick up along the way to make sure that I can survive the next few stages and the boss fight yeah, yeah. or rings yeah, yeah. or what have you or chaos emeralds, whichever one you want to do. Yeah. Um, but no, I agree. It is a struggle though because you do feel like you're just running by things and you're like, well, yeah. that, those are, those are my, my fondest memories of any Sonic game is when you're just going super fast and you don't have to care about pickups and you just feel like you're in the zone. You're hitting the button and at you're just the right time. Yeah. And like you're not slowed down by an artificial now defeat 15 people kind of fight or something you know? yeah it, like, it really it really was well done you didn't have a lot of that stuff okay, in there great. and uh, now the enemies are very generic and forgettable the, it, it's I have rarely seen a duller game world uh, they have these uh, really neat mechanics but you don't care about what's happening around you except that sense of keeping going it's all about uh, Khaleesi yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. There were moments where I was like, they, I almost felt like they'd ripped off some of the best stuff from like Klonoa in places, mm. uh, but mm. they were always tiny gasps uh, of that. So you feel like you could tie, Klonoa. they could tie yeah. it together and have made something really cool. And I think they're one game away. I, mm-hmm. I think, but this is a good game. I don't want to, I don't want to yeah, besmirch it, but it, it does have, it does have some issues that keep it from being what it could have been. But it is. You asked about whether I played Sonic Boom right now. I, I'm going back and trying to remember. I honestly wonder if I blocked it from my mind. Um, uh, but I played a lot of Sonic stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And this is... It's a return to form. This is solid. It's Good. a return to form and some new ideas. The fire and ice mechanics. That, I do want to talk about that because that's in the title. They're great as a reactive. They give you another button to press instead mm-hmm. of some others when, when you need to figure out what to do. I was really hoping for the kind of cool Ikaruga stuff. Because you're always either in fire right. mode or ice mode. Mm-hmm. And they didn't do as much with that as I'd have liked. Okay, uh, but, it, but it was still – it's still absolutely worth your time if you enjoy a fun arcade game with some clever exploratory elements. Nice. Very cool. All right. Cool. All right. So then rounding out the list uh, is that I played the, uh, the NES Classic Edition. Uh, so this happened on Tuesday. Got off the plane Monday, but I swear I remember everything that You're happened. You're talking about the mini console uh, yeah, yeah, the, that plays the, the set of NES was, games. That was mm-hmm. announced in July uh, that is coming out November 11th. Uh, I got to see the UI. I got to play it, even though I've played those 30 games before. Um, and it is possibly the best emulation on a Nintendo system to date. Like the best job I think they've done with with the whole thing, so which is really in, awesome to hear. Yeah, well, if you so if you own Wii, uh, they got it right off the bat, but Wii was mm-hmm. not an HD console, right? right? So if you plug that into your TV, you know it looked fine. With Wii U, it went back a step um, simply because don't 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 no 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 no. Oh, okay, what's going on? I don't even know what's <laughs> well, happening. I tried to be subtle um, with, with Wii U. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. It wouldn't have worked anyway on video. Um, so <laughs> this man's typing on my keyboard. Uh, anyway, so coming back to the point, the uh, the whole idea is that. You have these. You have your classic games. You have thirty games on the system. Yeah. Um, you have uh, on on Wii U. The emulation took a took a hit. Like if mm-hmm. you played a NES yeah. game or a Famicom game, if you're a Japanese Wii U owner, or if you play in Europe, you already know that uh, they don't look good. Everything looks slightly squished. The colors look faded. It looks bad. Right. There's it didn't have those native hardware. Yeah. Hard, yeah. Native yeah. hardware modes that the Wii. They're had in dim it, right? and they're dark and they're washed out. And these are games I bad. bought. Something like Super Mario Brothers 3, which you remember as being bright and colorful and iconic. Yeah. On the Wii U is washed out. On the 3DS it's a little bit better, but still sort of the same issue. Well, if I remember correctly when we launched, I remember reading that, that there were actually native hardware modes to support some of those consoles right. built into it and right. those were stripped out, right? Isn't that what happened? Yeah. 
Yes. Uh, I didn't hear all of that because I'm jet lagged. I'm sorry. Like I, I was also showing pair. Uh, repeat that. One uh, that's time. okay. I uh, was are you guys chat, doing no. chat over there. Yeah, we are. I said if I smells like elderberries. <laughs> elderberries. Yeah. I don't even know what that means. If I remember correctly well, from the we launch, Jose, uh, yeah, yeah. They, they, I believe they said that there were several native output modes, native video output modes that were mapped to the NES, SNES, and and Genesis hardware that the Wii was capable of right out of the box that the Wii U kind of dropped, hmm. uh, and that that's yeah. why it looks different because I, they built I, virtual console sure into dropped, the hardware. Yeah, yeah, no, and I'm not sure why they dropped it. I don't even think they went on hmm. record and said that. I think that was someone else who just kind of put that together. It's been many years. Um, I can't remember yeah, for sure. Yeah, but um, regardless of the fact, like this is the best quality emulation I've seen on a Nintendo console. No emulation really? is a dirty word in this industry for whatever reason, but it's the idea of basically getting uh, a, a different piece of hardware to think it is playing mm-hmm. a game from another system. That is what emulation is about. Uh, so you have three modes, three viewing modes built in. Uh, you can revisit the 80s uh, in all of its blurry glory uh, and, and put on CRT mode. Uh, it's like a filter adds, though, right? It's a yeah, filter yeah. that yeah. adds scan lines to it. It doesn't do... I know some CRT modes on some games um, or even some PC emulators, there's sort of a rounded edge applied to yeah. it as well where like they sort of fake it. Like mm-hmm. the give way that around TV, TV would be. Look, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, this one I didn't notice that, but I did notice that the image looked like I remember what I remember that game. That's what I wanted like to ask. So it's not just like a kid. mushy eagle filter; it actually no, looks pretty no, good. Yeah, yeah. It oh, looks that's like great. Someone smeared Vaseline on the television, which yep. is what '80s televisions were pretty mm-hmm. much all about. Uh, CRTs, cathode ray tube. You should look it up. See, our the games actually look different in Europe. Oh, did like, they? Because our our TVs, signals, PAL, PAL yeah. TVs, yeah. Um, displayed, for example, the color red very differently from mm. NTSCs, which you guys use. So, like the first time I saw the games. And NTSC, I was like, whoa, that's not what I remember. This is all wrong. Get out of here. What did you yeah. think? Mario had purple pants? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah the reds are not very strong on the old palettes. Oh, that's good to yeah. know. I didn't yeah. know that about mm-hmm. it. Uh, so mm-hmm. then there's a 4 by 3 mode, which is essentially TV aspect ratio somewhat, but without the scanline style filter on it. Um, the difference being... Not much. Like, I mean, right. obviously, like, cl- there's clarity to the image because it doesn't have that filter applied to sure. it. But then they have pixel perfect mode, which is essentially sort of a, a more accurate one-to-one mapping of pixel to to uh, space that I can tell. At least it's more which slender is, in its presentation. Mm-hmm. You can activate a similar feature on new 3DS games if for you Super play Nintendo games. for Super Nintendo games. Yeah, which looks phenomenal. Yeah, like, if look you actually, good. if you do, if you... Pull up any Super Nintendo game in your 3DS, your new 3DS, because that's the only one that can run. That's Don't right. Don't get me into that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and you try playing it in like the regular sort of widescreen. The the default setting looks very stretched and blurred. Mm-hmm. And then you go on a mm-hmm. Pixel Perfect and it's gorgeous. Yeah, nice. yeah. And four by three I think is a little stretched. I wouldn't say blurred, but definitely a little stretched to it. But then you go one to one with the whole Pixel mo- Pixel Perfect and it looks great. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and this is different. Yeah. I do have the the like the Genesis one. Those are those are the more kind of like the the chintzy emulators. They have an arts they have yeah. a um, RCA output, right? Like so the we little just got yellow two of those in the office yesterday. The flashbacks. Yeah, they're they're from a company called At Games or AT Games. Mm-hmm. I got to look that up. Yeah. Um, and they have something like sixty to hundred games on them, but they they hook up via RGB. Yeah. Mm. So immediately, like you're you're kind of locked into the the whatever visuals you can get out of that. Not even RGB. Yeah. It's just literally the single yellow uh, RCA yeah, video source, right? It's so, just yeah. 
what GB. R- <laughs> no, RGB, you have the distinct colors and three right. cables. This one is just the single plug, so it's going to yeah. look really bad. Yeah, yeah, which I wasn't even able to test on the monitor sitting yeah. on my desk. Yeah. Okay. So this one is this using HDMI. a single HDMI. Yeah. There yeah. is no yeah. RGB uh, output to it, uh, but the emulation does look really good. I can yeah. tell you that. Mm-hmm. Um, How's the, the interface sound? is really smart. The sound is, go- the sound is just as good as I remember. Um, and they did some clever things with sort of the menu screens. There's a demo mode. So if you leave this thing just on, uh, it'll essentially kick into a demo mode where Mario and Luigi vow for con- uh, vie for control of the screen. Excuse me. Um, and then oh. uh, it'll pick a game at random and show the attract mode from that yeah. game. So if you're not familiar with what attract mode is, basically something from the from the arcade era that would just give you a peek at how a game worked mechanically. I mean, of course, there were instructions written on the sides of the cabinets, but you can see gameplay and get an idea of how something worked. Some games later on, like Super Metroid, revealed secrets through mm-hmm, the attract right. mode. You yeah. didn't know yeah, certain yeah. things were there unless yeah. you just let the game run. And you'd be like, oh, my God, I can't believe that was a thing. And I think this demo mode, attract mode thing is going to be really cool for parties where I think this is uh, a system like this is really going to shine. You mm-hmm. have it sitting in the room. It's on your TV. People walk by and they watch Mario and Luigi running by. And then they see you know, Mario 3 go, go up. And they go, oh, what is this? And they pick up the controller, yeah, and they're yeah. right there in there. Yeah. Right. And then when they pick That's up the awesome. controller, they notice how close the NES Classic is because it is quite close to the console. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the cable <laughs> looks, uh, I mean, it's roughly the same size from uh, your nunchuck to your Wii remote. I wow, think that's, that's short. roughly, mm-hmm. if not a little longer. Um, you got to hold this thing, and you saw it for yourself. Like you basically went out, uh, you stretched your arms out. I want to say from here to it's here. Like I don't know if you've ever done archery. I have it. <laughs> <laughs> it's sort of like holding a bow and pulling the arrow back. That's about yeah. as far as it goes. Yeah. And when I tried it out at Comic Con and held it up, I was uh, immediately remarking at how gorgeous the system is, how perfectly they nailed the controller. All of that stuff is is just absolutely spot on. <clears throat> but that cord, I was like, hopefully this is a prototype. And I know it led to a lot of people who immediately jumped on Amazon and they started buying these seven ninety nine extensions. Extension cables so, yeah. like you shouldn't buy the extension cable. I'm going to tell you why right now. Uh-oh. The reset button is built as, as an integral part of the experience. You use the reset button on the console itself to bump out to the home menu to choose your next game or to save state. I didn't talk about save states, mm-hmm. but you can save up to four st- uh, basically save states on it. You can lock per, the per ones. Per game, right? Per game. That's no, great. Nice. That's yeah. Per game, which is smart. You can lock the ones you want to keep. You can leave the others open. If you lock it, it can't be overwritten unless you unlock it. Unlocking it is very easy. It's not like a passcode, but it's mm-hmm. still a way to. It's kind of like when you lock. Uh, you don't play this game when you lock gear in Destiny. It's just to make sure you don't throw it away. By <laughs> right. Mistake. Like it's the same concept. Um, but the reset button. So the console needs to be within reach. Now I'm not sure why they went with this. Whether it was just a move to uh, sort of. Um, I don't know if it was a move to just be like, oh yeah, we want to keep it as classic as possible, or just a cost saving measure to be honest. Or they didn't want to change the design of the NES controller itself to have a reset button on it. Because I feel like that would right. that would make up for it, and the thing that bothers me about it. So first of all, I think the system. But can't is you very get up cool. and hit the button? You can, but who wants to get up off the couch anymore? Like we're in a wireless world, so man. I, like you don't even want to get up to change the channel. When's the last time you did true. that? What I suggested to to Jose when he was telling me about this was that the original Game Boy, uh, playing a game like Link's Awakening, has a hard reset when you hold down Start, Select, and B and A at the same mm-hmm. time, mm-hmm. which is something you will never do accidentally during gameplay unless you're terrible at video games, <laughs> which you shouldn't be because they're fun and easy to play. Uh, 
But instead, in lieu of that, they made it so you have to actually get up. So I think it's interesting that the cord is short, and then the HDMI cable going from the so NES easy. to the other thing is that is so, basically creates the length of one long so cord. So I would say if if you were going to buy an NES Classic and this, you, I wouldn't get the extension cable. I would instead say get a long HDMI. Whenever you're going to play this thing, just pull it out to your coffee table or whatever it is. To me, that makes more sense than a longer extension cord when you have to get up to go across the room. I'm also the kind of guy who does not play a certain thing for very long. I might want to jump into something else. I feel like the system being close by is useful for So if you have ADHD, get the longer HDMI cord. Everyone else... You have to get up because that's what you did with the NES. When you want to put a different game in, you will go kachunk hey, and put a new card in. You know what in. year it is? 2016. What? I don't want to get up off the God, couch unless I have to. <laughs> I, I, I'm okay. it's, it's apple star. That's the it's only really workout silly. I get. Yeah. I, I'm okay with wow. getting up. I would, yeah. Given the choice, mm-hmm. I would rather still have a longer cord for yeah, many reasons, too. just mm-hmm. for sitting comfort. But honestly, I prefer the col- uh, controller not to be changed. And while, Brian, I think you do raise a good point with uh, yeah, with pressing shortcuts. all four buttons yeah. together as a shortcut, I think that would have been the ideal solution. Yeah. But what if I want to punch Mike Tyson with both my fists, a star punch, and pause the game all at the same time? Uh, you literally can't pi- punch Mike Tyson in this game because they yeah, put he's the, not in the it. Mr. Well, Dream version. Well, there yeah. we go, punch then. White Tyson uh, in this. Oh, I punch Mr. Dream. All right. All right. Well, there we go. Uh, but uh. you will be getting up to press that reset button if anyone ever starts. Ice Climbers, which is a tragically terrible game and should not be on this system. I kind of like it. Yeah. Still is. Oh come on! Thank you. Kinda somebody, like somebody in the anyway. Room. I like your tip about the HDMI cable because you can terrible. You can get. <laughs> it's a bad game, but whatever. <laughs> you can. Yeah. Uh, Urban Champion is a better game than Ice Climbers. No. Oh no! Yes. No. yes. No. What are you, you talking about? That no. That Ice Climbers complete. is a game about jumping where you can't jump. No. Urban Champion no. is a game about fighting where you fight. Where you I nailed can't it. Fight. Good We're night. Done. Mike Drops. Ice, 2016 no. remix. Cut his mic. Ice Climber. Ice Climber does something very clever that I've never seen another game do. Yeah, it's no sequels. Ever again, and you don't have to think about you're it. You're doing this. You're doing Done. this vertical climb. That's all about you know. You're you're cutting holes above you to keep going up. As you advance in the screen, scrolls vertically. The holes you cut to get up become the hazards beneath you. You're yeah. creating your yeah, own Brian. hazards that, as you mean go. It's yeah, and it's actually really no, clever. If the platforming was better, I, it would be fun. But the concept, the, the the thing, that's the secret sauce. That's what you don't know. The only hazard beneath us is Ice Climber itself. I like Ice Climber, and and it's also a two-player co-op Champion game, is better game from an era than what many. Yeah. Get out. Yes. Anyway, uh, if you have another player <laughs> sitting next to you, play Bubble Bobble because it's infinitely superior. Oh, yeah. yeah, that's a really good uh, But that being said, I think you did give them a money-saving tip because those extension cords for your Wii or for the controllers for this thing are $8 each, and they're third-party. And they're HDMI are cheaper. HDMI you can probably get for 5 bucks. Yeah, that's a, a, true. a longer cable. Um, the only thing is, I mean, watch someone doesn't trip, uh, but that's a whole other discussion. Wow. Regardless, we've got video of this thing on IGN. You should check it out um, it's actually a pretty cool deal I had a really fun time with it in the half hour I had with it Great. you also um, pulled up footage of it that you were that you're publishing on IGN soon and it's one of those magical moments that I will share in of the 20 years that we spend here together at, here at IGN where 10 people gathered around a computer mm-hmm. to watch something and they were all standing behind you geeking watching out 30 year old watching yeah, 30 year old yeah, NES 30-year-old games NES. being played off of a laptop and I thought yeah. it was fantastic yeah no it was, it was a good time wait till you see the UI on this thing too it's, yeah. it's, a, it's a throwback in every way possible it looks like an old Mac it looks I mean they, they did yeah. a nice job yeah. from yeah. everything we've seen so far yeah, I'm so nice happy game. to hear that it's uh, great so it's real not... quick though this hasn't been available for pre-order on any store other than I believe Target so far which sold out pretty quickly like is there any chance we're going to be able to pre-order they it wouldn't Amazon? answer that <laughs> I, I would imagine uh, that meant that Target took pre-orders without allocation which is a dangerous thing to do as a retailer because you can end up not having enough to fulfill the demand 
Um, That's what United when has does. Nintendo oh, ever failed to send uh, enough hardware? No, this, this look, try to find a Pokemon Go Plus. I'm, yeah. jo- I'm joking. I would, uh, I would say, um, hopefully, with the timed coverage of this, my assumption is they were going to. I don't right. know. Maybe by the time you're listening to this, just pop on over to Best Buy or Amazon um, and see if you can find but Jose, it. Jose, it's like... It's amazing that they're still having these issues. I mean, like, we said this about the the Go Plus before. This should be at the checkout counter of Safeway. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This should be everywhere mainstream people with their phones are. Instead, first of all, they don't know it exists. Yep. And second of all, you know, it'd be nice if the, the game really kind of drove it home that you mm-hmm. could be using it. Yeah. Right? yeah and second of all, they, they did that about if, Amiibo. If we you, go, ah, oh, an ad mm-hmm. about Amiibo in a game. Where? Like, I'm just yeah. playing the other side here. Like, mm-hmm. I think that at the same For, time, you do end up opening that side of it. You, you're only going to get a Pokemon Go game once. Like, this was a tremendous phenomenon mm-hmm. where lots of people played this game. I agree. To not know them that this exists, to, to not tell them, to not put it where they're shopping well, for stuff, it's just silly. So I'll put and, it this and way. And this is the same story. It's like, hardcore yeah. gamers want this thing, but it's this constrained sales channel once again. The day this was announced, mm-hmm. the internet was insanely obsessed with it. They were mm-hmm. all over it. We were more excited for a Nintendo product than we've been in years. Which is weird because you've played all these games before. It or you matter. own all these games yeah. right now. But no. It's a tiny any Hardcore gamers. A, like, like, no, 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 no. But I, but I do find that part of it kind of kind of funny. Like, I'm not saying it's bad and I'm not saying you should, yeah. people should be ashamed. I'm just saying it's kind of interesting how jazzed up people are about it when these are games that at least if you own a 3DS or if you're like one of the, what, 14, to, uh, 13 yeah. million people who own a Wii U, you probably own these games. Well, if you listen to the show, you own these games too, and you're yeah. you're in that sort of yeah. that circle of yeah. Nintendo already. But this was for people who are lapsed gamers, for people who haven't played a oh, video yeah. game like this in a very long time, yeah. who love the look and the nostalgia, the retro feel of the NES console, um, even the marketing, the packaging, all that kind of oh, stuff. Oh yeah, all of it is aimed all that yeah. fan. This is the glory days, but, and and yeah. the fact that this is an HDMI capable plug-and-play solution. And it's for sanctioned. Play. Yeah, yeah, and it's sanctioned, so it's yep. Nintendo, so you yeah. know it's going to be high quality, and that games list is solid. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a really, really good yeah. collection I mean, of, I would of kill probably Pac-Man on there and put Castlevania yeah. 3. I, mm-hmm. You would kill Ice Climbers and put Urban Champion. I would kill Super C and put Contra, oh, which I don't understand yeah, the issue Contra. with that. There's, there's yeah. another 70 is NES games that I, I, I want to be on there that yeah. aren't, yeah. but but by and large, it's pretty, yeah, I mean, Namco, Pac-Man, who cares? Like the port, the NES port. Right. NES port, I don't remember it being all that special. But anyway, I think we're getting in the weeds. I agree. I think the pre-order situation needs to get figured out. What the heck are you guys doing? Hello. Um, And hopefully by the time you're listening to this, you're either able to pre-order it or you're still angry that you're not. Yeah. Well, at the very least, they'll get to check out your footage of it, which looks really cool. Thanks. Yeah, make sure you check that out. So we are going to take a break. And when we come back, I have an interesting uh, NX topic to talk about. I know we've been hitting that nail a little too hard, but I promise this might be the last one until something real shows up. NX? So we'll be right back. And welcome back, Jose Otero here with Brian Altano and Per Schneider. Bye, Jared. Yeah, bye, Jared. Uh, Jared uh, d- uh, had to go, but you can find him, uh, Jared, uh, no, Petty, Jared yep. on Twitter. Yep. Make sure that you uh, follow that man. Good, good people. So, uh, 
Man, it is the last week of September, yeah. and uh, Nintendo still has not announced its next gaming platform, or at least revealed it, showed it. Obviously, it's been announced, um, which has sent a lot of fans off a cliff in panic. I feel like every other message board... There's a lot of like anger. 10 NX threads, um, and <laughs> folks just like flipping it, out about it, when. And we're here with you. We're waiting patiently with you for the most part. We're holding it in. Yeah, the, the, the tea kettle is just whistling at this point. It's, they're like, I mean, the, the Nintendo store can't tweet out we're closing the upper floor for an event without people going, NX? Oh, NX? You know, no, is it no, here? no, no, it's uh, yeah. Je- Jenny Cumberstone's birthday party. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Or, or, hey, we're doing style savvy upstairs. You want to yeah, come join us? Exactly. You can make a dress and call it an X yeah. if you want. Um, people are ready to know what the heck this thing is. Yeah. Um, and some people are probably ready to pre-order, but that's never going to happen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, if anything, I think a, a big lesson needs to get learned from the one lesson so to take from, I'm the, sorry. from the NES Classic uh, edition is that yeah, get your pre-order situation definitely together for this thing, just because you want it to be big. But regardless, here we are. March 2017th is the release month uh, worldwide. We know that. Assuming it doesn't slip it is becoming increasingly obvious that Nintendo is challenging the notion of when you announce that hardware to when you sell it. I mean, when you reveal it, excuse me, to when you sell it, which is hasn't been done with a new gaming platform before. Like right. just, just one that failed miserably. What? The which Saturn. One? The Saturn. Talk about that. The Sega well, Saturn. Wait, that was, we're talking mid-90s, first of all. Yeah, we're all talking right. a short, uh, uh, you know, a... a super short uh, lifespan for this machine announced and put out immediately super quickly as an answer wasn't um, it also expensive PlayStation won that war the Saturn they undercut yeah. The, yeah, yeah they undercut him yeah no it, yeah. And it, it was basically like hey let's get something out quickly to counter the PlayStation in the market sorry I didn't mean the, the Genesis didn't have a, a short lifespan but mm-hmm. but you know the, the Saturn certainly did yeah, um, yeah and like um, I, I remember at the time retailers were very upset because uh, Sega announced the console as a surprise and said and did the Apple thing yeah. by the way now it's in stores kind of thing and retailers <clears> are like Nuh-uh. We don't have any shelf space for this. Yeah. And it may have been something to do with the timing, that the retail market was different, because certainly Apple does that nowadays yeah. and can pull it off, right? Yeah, well, and this was 20 years ago yeah. when you didn't have social media, when mm-hmm. the internet was not the vehicle that you could for put sure. out YouTube videos and social blasts and Facebook and, and, a, and a Pinterest post, if you wanted, mm-hmm. just to continue to advertise and get in front of people's faces. Not Your the same fans. world. It's not the same world. Yeah. And clearly, Apple takes advantage of that. I mean, right. iPhone 7, you know, from from announce to release, what do you think the window was? It was, what, 10 days? A week? It was two nine days. Yeah. From the start date, it was announced. So it was right between the fir- my September first two 7th. guesses. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and released on September 16th. Yeah. Now, Apple can do this because Apple is the wealthiest company in the tech business for the most part, if not one of the wealthiest, right? Got a lot of money in place. They they know they try to keep a secret. I mean, most of the stuff got out, but didn't matter. Like, and if anything, yeah, we'll see how much it hurts them that the, the they took out the headphone port. But for the most part, there seems to be a positive reception around the phone itself. I bought it. I love it. it. Yeah, despite not changing the body itself, yeah. right? For the most part. Mm-hmm. So different days. PlayStation did something different uh, last year because they went with a nine month sort of window, right? They announced in like February. Well, actually, a little more than nine months. They announced in February. They had that event. Uh, and then it was on sale when it came out in what? We're going to say November, October. For what, the PS4? PlayStation 4. Oh, the PlayStation 4, yeah, yeah. Because, yeah. yeah. I mean, if you want to look at this year, uh, the Slim was announced, and it's available weeks later, and the 
PS4 Pro was yeah, announced, but, and it's like about a month and a half. But those are revisions, right? Yes. And usually yes. revisions, Andrew Gofarb reminded me, revisions always have a short cycle for the most yes. part, right? It's like less than six months. They replace existing stock too, right? Yeah. yeah. The, and, and the retailers often know that something is coming um, and, you know, what's going to happen. I mean, it happened with the DSs the, the as well, right? Like the, the new machine uh, replaces the existing ones on store shelves. Yeah. yeah. Which is, but, you don't need to warn anybody. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, one yeah. of the running one of the running themes with all the things we've mentioned today is that every single one of them have been leaked to hell and back, uh, sometimes even unboxed in their retail f- forms yeah. before yeah. they were even officially oh released. Yeah. Whereas the NX is still uh, two question marks on the side of an iPhone, yeah. maybe. Yeah. yeah, people have an idea of you know sort of the the split controller thing. The whole uh, like that doesn't that seems to be very accurate. Mm-hmm. Um, a, a good friend of the show, uh, who I'm not going to name, but is convinced that there's still one more secret no one has figured out, and mm-hmm. I, whether or not that's true, who knows. Um, but an interesting thing, if you look at Nintendo's more recent history and what they've announced and what the release to, to announce to release has been or reveal to release has been, it's been interesting to look at uh, just in terms of, okay, so the NES Classic, Classic Edition. The thing that, like, at the end of the day, we're all upset because we can't pre-order it, but that thing got announced July 14th, and it's going to release on November 11th. That mm-hmm. is a three-months, 28-day window. Not a sign of anything, really, though. Because yeah. if you think about it, it's it's uh, it's sort of its own. It, it's kind of like this thing you could have got at the sharper image, yeah. but this is sanctioned by Nintendo yeah. in real life. Yeah. <laughs> um, but regardless, it's still hardware. It's still a product. So potentially, you're thinking of like you're thinking of sharper image products now. I can tell it. Yeah. From well, I'm actually you're thinking of the giant T Rex that's going to be uh, <laughs> the pride of your garden, the, the Avatar the pinball table, yeah, the, yeah, 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 the yeah. massage shoes. The, no, but the, the beer cooler glasses. This the classic NES thing is actually more of a uh, the bootleg kiosk outside of the sharper image at the mall, where the, it's just like a, a box that comes with two light guns. Yeah, but you don't and need a Genesis an announcement for that. Thing. No, 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 you no, just no. show up and you found it. You show oh, up and you God. sell as many until you get arrested and you leave. It's yeah. it's a yeah. little. More high quality because yeah. those guys disappear yeah. before your device breaks. Yep. And you'll never yeah. find them again. So then let's just look at their last two hardware revisions, right? New Nintendo 3DS and 3DS XL, yep. which was a hardware revision. 3DS existed before. The XL existed before. was announced August 29, 2014 for Japan only. Mm-hmm. was released October 11th for Japan only. That was a window of a month and 12 days. Now, I don't think NX is going to be a month sprint to get it out the door. I think... It's going to be closer to the NES Classic situation. I think we're going to see a four- to three-month window where they're going to promote the heck out of it mm-hmm. is how I feel. The way I'm looking at this and the way it just feels like with each passing week, we have not seen it. And assuming March is still the target, it seems to me that's what they're going for. So you think they will have a, a shareholders-type event? Well, I didn't get to that yet. No? Though. Yeah, I'm going like, to how, how will what, well, you're saying this that. is not what they're doing, what, what are they doing? Okay, so there's the following scenarios could happen. Let's react to them, shall we? How would you react if this is how it happened? Uh, so assuming March 2017 doesn't slip, if it's an announcement over a video like new Nintendo 3DS where you woke up in the morning and whoosh, there it was. New system... All the features, better 3D. We talking all explained. A, we talking a pre-announced direct, or it's just a video that's just on the internet. I don't think it's different either way. It's still a video on the internet, okay. right? Like, yeah, yeah. Regardless, um, not pre-announced. You just wake up and you found it. 
I mean, I, I would be like, I'm pretty bad at my job if I didn't know this thing was coming. Okay. okay. But yeah, I think that that's a, that's a soft kind of way to announce it. I think I'd be sort of lukewarm on it. I'd be incredibly excited about what the product is. Uh, and then the most important... Depending inform- on what they show. Yes. Depending on what they show, and the most important information from there would be like, how soon can I hold it and play it and, and you okay. know, But isn't that how most the, the movie trailers we get excited about drop like that? I mean, well... If it's yeah. a well-produced video that is released and kind of as a surprise and tells you all about a system, I, I think it could be tremendously exciting. Well, the thing is, like, so I'm a big Star Wars guy. Yeah. Uh, we kind of know when specific Star Wars things are going to hit now. There's right. Force Friday. There's May the 4th. There's Star Wars Celebration. Right. They do announcements of announcements of countdowns to teaser trailers mm-hmm. to, like, there is a lot of, you know. So I'm glad you just said that yeah. last line because I also think that no one ever said that Nintendo would reveal everything in one shot yeah i think you are going to get the announcement of the announcement leading to the announcement and it's going to be this it's gonna it's going to be a short cycle but it's going to be a cycle where you're going i don't i just i'm not sure if they're going to commit to all eggs in one basket one reveal i mean i don't, I think, don't so. think it I, makes sense well and, it's and also you still not have to do price and, and launch lineup later Sorry. it's not their mo and if you look at other companies too like rarely has there be a console announce and the price at the same time right like i remember going into many e3s going like oh are they going to announce the price for this machine finally yeah. right like yeah. with playstations too no I, I i think i honestly think you're right i think they will reveal something just mm-hmm. like with the wii u where they remember when they showed us they sh- didn't show us the box they only showed us the pad right yeah. like or or they didn't make a big deal out and of the box they'll the be controller later yeah yeah know? i think they'll segment the story a little bit and they yeah. may not tell or they may say what the launch titles yeah. are and here or is maybe- what the device looks like but that's it. Well, maybe they show what Zelda looks like on it, but they say we'll show you more later. And I'm, actually, I'm going to get to that because that's my third thing. Mm. My second thing is what if it's – okay, so the traditional way and the way a lot of us want it to be is it's an event. In, probably in New York because Nintendo likes to make it convenient for uh, – for uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? Uh, just People? mainstream press, oh. mainstream mm-hmm. press for the most part. You know, you got New York Times, you got a bunch of folks out on the on the East Coast. Sure, yeah, yeah. Um, so New York event. Where the company really, where the similar to when Wii U was uh, sort of coming out, they had an event in New York where they revealed final price and date at that event. It was Reggie on stage telling you this is how much it costs. We're not selling a, game, a second gamepad just yet. We're going to wait till the following year. That's how that went down. What do you mean on stage? Is, it, is this live streamed? Is this televised? Oh, probably probably like, live streamed, I would okay. imagine. Like, I don't think they're just going to limit it to reporters. Because then again, when Wii U happened, you didn't have that live stream sort of world to work with, right? Yeah. Because you and I have, have both been to press-only events. I was at one for, I believe, the new 3DS, mm. where we were able to leave with uh, like review, review versions of that oh, nice, console. Nice. And it was at a hotel here in the city. It wasn't live streamed. If they were filming it, it was for internal purposes only. Yeah, and yeah. they said, "Here's a new 3ds. Here's how the games a, were on it." At the time, they didn't have a culture of doing live streams yeah. themselves, of like hosting their own directs, yeah, or right. of live streaming uh, their digital presentations. Sorry. Uh, no, look. I mean, I think the the cadence of this announcement will be this year. They're gonna they're gonna slip what it is. I like. I oh, well, I'm they have that. to. That's my third one. You yeah. and I talked about this a little. Yeah. Bit. Like, right. I mean, this year for sure, they're gonna have to say what it is. They're not gonna end the year not making good on their promise that they will talk more about this device, right? Which is, leads to my third scenario, which right. I think is risky. I think this would be extremely risky, but I do think this may be how it plays out. All right. Let's hear At it. At the end of the month. This October, there is an investor meeting where so this is October twenty sixth, twenty sixteen uh, is the the uh, sales uh, whatever the numbers are released based yep. on how they did the quarter, and then they have a follow up meeting the subsequent days. Uh, one of those days, 
I think at that meeting, they reveal the concept. They reveal the concept at an investor meeting, and they say, we're not showing this until January. That's such I, a... Uh... I think they will reveal the concept, and they will re- reveal the date, because what the shareholders need to know is when there will be new product in the market right. that will influence their earnings and their stock. And the reason they'll probably give shareholders a date is because they don't want the stock to tank. They have to. absolutely yeah. would happen so, if they didn't say But it. I agree with you that they might <laughs> not... They might not put out visuals for this thing. Yeah. They might. And, like, I don't think they're going to show Zelda running on it because I firmly believe it's not going to look visually so different that you will go, oh, my God, I got to have this. Thing. Right. And Just because like, it's not from the ground up a Zelda no, game? Like no, a, a but game? It's, it's, I mean, remember Twilight Princess going to the Wii uh, as well, right? It's like the, the visual upgrade, you got some bloom on it and it looked better, obviously, and it was widescreen, but it wasn't, it wasn't a huge step up. Interesting. And with this... With this being a bridge device and a portable, I'm I still believe that the step up from the Wii U is not so marked uh, marked that um, you, everybody's gonna know. Okay, like, I, that's, I, I agree with you. I on would that. be I would be so happy and so pleasantly surprised. But it's hard to make a device small, portable, and have that sort of power. and be cost efficient for yeah. a consumer to want to buy, especially in a day where like everyone wants to play a game on their yep. iPad. How the heck are they gonna play a game on on your system? Like you have to sell them. On that vision, and you gotta sell them well. I do think it's gonna. He said it. It's gonna look better, but look but better they, can mean bloom. I look feel like they downplay that. Right. They never. They they've never come out and said, "Oh, wait till you see it on the NX." Well, but they've never been a tech focused company that way, right? Think about it. When does Nintendo ever want to talk about technology? Well, they've said you will say wow about yeah, this but thing. That's not a. Te- that's not. Teraflops. That's not so RAM. That's not old guy here was alive during the N sixty four era, and okay. that's when they pushed tech a lot, right? Yeah, like they, they pushed speeds that you know CD ROMs <clears throat> couldn't keep up with. This it'd be all load times, which was true. Mm-hmm. Uh, they talked about the the uh, what was it? It was the uh, MIP mapping. They talked about yeah. about the sixty four bits. They talked about yeah. that a lot. I mean, well, that was a mach- focus then. Yeah. Well, in the marketing machine specifically on the N sixty four, I feel like it got out of hand. Just how oh, yeah, much, yeah. how big the promises were made for sure I mean, well i think i think they specifically but. have downplayed ter- their tech for a long time and not just because it's been woefully underpowered compared to the competitors but because it's just not their focus their, focus, their focus is games it is fun it is families getting families. together on the couch yeah. so so again so, i think investor meeting this is what the device is it will have it will be a handheld device and you know you have controllers that you attach uh, a handheld and a console device and we firmly believe as nintendo this is the future of gaming a device that you can play anywhere. I think, I think that's what happens. That's but what they'll what say, and then they'll that. say March twenty sixth or whatever, or July, sorry, or whatever. Right? I think I think January. They say we reveal in January, or we reveal next year. We yeah. actually show it next year, yeah. which would send a lot of folks. I think fans would go off a cliff. But and, but I, here's the thing that I don't they, like, and they will I announce think, a launch title like a big kind of like a Pokemon or something like that, or because just you say do, Zelda's the launch yeah. title. I mean, like we're going to launch with Zelda. That's not going to. That's no, not going to. Yes, it is. That is the game that set the world on fire. Not going to spike. That's not going to spike your stock though like that's not gonna that's not gonna Dude, get your investors about excited game of show at e3 doesn't matter and it was the only thing you brought and it was the game that universally everybody wanted no, to talk about. It's, that's the exact uh, the expected product. They need something. They need like the dude from Pokemon Company to say we will make a game for this machine, even okay. if he doesn't say launch. So here's title, the thing: you didn't let will, me say though what I something. think is bad. So yep. I think this is a bad scenario because it turns into a messy game of telephone, which is what happens with Nintendo's investor meetings yes. in general. Yeah, when the message gets translated across the sea. Japanese is a language that can be translated in many different ways. There are people who mistranslate, and the way misinformation spreads on the internet is insane the yep. degree to which it happens. 
So in order to combat that, did they do press release? Like, for example, when Zelda got delayed, it was a message that was, uh, that was I believe, tweeted on the Japanese Nintendo Twitter account. And then within, like, minutes, we had a press release saying, yep, it got yep. delayed. Uh, yep, NX is 2017. Yep, this is the only game we're bringing to E3. I think those were all part of that same night. It was like a, it was the, the Nightmare Tour. You remember that? Yeah. And we all came in and we were like, oh, yep. my God, what happened? I think they'll do that again. I'll think they'll have the spec fact sheet ready for what the machine is. But not specs in terms of what, uh, how detailed it works and RAM and they processor. Never, they, never, they never do that. They might yeah. announce the chipset, for example, and say, we partnered with this company. They're awesome at making portable chips chipsets right like that kind yeah, of thing or possibly a video that summarizes the details but in english yeah. and in and for europe and for you know every yeah. other territory that just kind of spells out light details and says we're going to talk about this more later and i think the reason why they don't go full monty in october um if they are going to say something in october is because the excitement will it will just kind of dissipate in the in the very vibrant October November game release market. There'll yeah. be a lot of good looking games coming out. There'll be a new PlayStation. There'll be a new people VR will headset. talk about VR. There's yeah. all this chatter, and I think if all if people are just seeing a device that is closer to a tablet, even if it holds promise, I think that story will die so quickly yes. with the excitement over the other stuff. And yeah. so they might be wiser to hold the excitement part where, like, when you finally see these wacky controllers, right? Like, when you finally yeah. see that for yourself, people will start speculating talking, and it'll be a big story. Well, but maybe if, you do that in January. Well, yeah. if their timetable is accurate, yeah. and they, they are coming out in March, they come out probably before Microsoft says what Scorpio is, like in real detail. Um, and, you know, they basically sort of have that window to themselves. That might yeah. be another reason this is happening. Like getting out of the holiday sales period for a lot of us is a mistake, and I, I agree with that. Yeah. But um, it does give them a chance to own that message on their own and not have to worry about a competing device. Yeah, it'll bump into Scorpio. I think it'll bump into Scorpio's storytelling simply because Microsoft has now had two positive months. They've got the Xbox One S out there, which yep. is gorgeous. I'm playing Forza, by the way, which is amazing, right? Yeah, like they, really there's a that. lot of momentum for Microsoft yeah. right now. And so I think it would actually be an issue if they talked about Scorpio too much too early, too. Yeah, you yeah, know? No, I, right. yeah, yeah. I think it'll, which means it'll be right outside that window. But also... It'll I mean, go in, with in, NX. You know, not to, not to jump into the console war here a little bit, but yeah. uh, in Microsoft's case, they are absolutely capitalizing on the opportunity to talk, talk smack oh, yeah. because Sony had their event yep. in September and it did not go well. Like, well, they showed other cards. You yeah. know, and, and Microsoft has yet to do that, really. Yeah, so, well, and it wasn't even an they, exciting set of cards. Yeah. I think that was the weird thing there. The, we're like, okay, so technical superiority is cool. But you know what? When Apple talks about the new iPhone, Apple doesn't mention the old one. And if they do, they just tell you it, it had a price cut. They don't tell you you're not getting slighted. But I understand why that happened. Yeah. Sony had to... It, this hasn't been done before, where we've had an iterative hardware update that actually legitimately was a higher spec uh, machine to <laughs> yeah. some extent. 32X. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I know. No, there, yeah. there, yeah. there are examples. It's never worked that. Yeah, same it's way. never yeah. worked, and, and yeah. there wasn't a lot of excitement yeah. around the message either. It was right. very dry. Yeah. there was just not a lot of exciting about it. And that was a shame to see because yeah. these guys have been the the console leader for uh, for this gen. Yeah, they like, built a really good machine. Yeah, they built well, a great machine. And Microsoft is countering the. You know, Sony did an awesome job so many E3s ago where yeah. they took Microsoft to task and said, this is how you share a game with your friends. And it's like, this is a machine built for 
gamers. That's Microsoft's message now, right? Like they completely reversed yeah. from the it only does everything now it's an Xbox yeah. to this is a gamer device. So I've, I'm so curious to hear what Nintendo's message will be. Yeah. You know, well, like Nintendo how will they? How will they? They have to acknowledge though that. The one half of the market plays on these devices, the other half of the market plays on the consoles, right? Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, I hate to interrupt. We yeah. have an emergency. Oh, sorry. Okay. okay. Got it, got it. All right. Sweet. So, oh. apparently, uh, editor-in-chief of IGN, Steve Butts, just tricked us all. Um, yeah. What you didn't see, if you're listening to the audio version, is that Steve showed up in the doorway with the grimmest look on his face. Uh, grim, grim, not grimace. Uh, and said, he is. Do you, you ever see the penguin in Wallace and Gromit? Like he's got that yes. like dead face that yeah. he can do. Yeah. Like I thought yeah. something was seriously wrong. He said there was an emergency, yeah. and so we all stopped the recording equipment, got up, and left the room. And then the cameras started following us because, uh, in celebration of IGN's twentieth, they planned a little birthday uh, for the site. And of course, you have to have the founder, one of the founders of the site. At the birthday party. So apparently, we were the cover for this event, but I, I was supposed to know and I didn't. I missed the email. Wow. So a lot of people are like, good job. And I'm like, I didn't even know. Well, the whole joke is I had planned it for 4 o'clock and I had, we had ordered like cupcakes and beer and like made t shirts for everybody. So I was going to surprise all you guys at yeah. 4, but then they surprised us at 3.45. Yeah, they I, got you ahead of time. Yeah. Yeah, that was, that was great. I got a giant so, uh, check for $0 and 250 billion bonus impressions. <laughs> That's a lot. Out of impressions. Um, what I will say is, if you want to see what happened, uh, check out the uh, NBC uh, this video of the uh, the video of this episode on YouTube because I asked for them to put in specifically the walk to the big reveal with the cake and all that. So you're going to be able to see it if you go there. Uh, just go to YouTube.com/slash Nintendo Voice Chat. You'll find it there. Hilarious! You I guys forgot are... where we were because we were we were on fire. We were talking ago. about NX yeah. and how uh, they're gonna not give us everything, and then they're gonna probably do it in the new year, leading up like building the excitement in the new year for the launch. Yeah, and and securing that window for themselves. How do you how do you feel about this? You look concerned. Um, I don't like the idea of any of this being soft launched or soft announced or half announced or investor announced with no uh, public facing uh, correspondence or imagery or video yeah. or. Or anything i think this has to be the way and they were just at one but the way apple handled the iphone 7 which i know had its own shared problems and rumors and leaks and we had heard about the iphone headphone jack and all that stuff like that yeah, yeah. and amazon put up early versions of cases and i'm sure you know it, it probably it's usually france is the one that snitches early or something <laughs> <laughs> they've got like an external battery charging pack oh, whatever i love i love france uh I think that this has to be something where they just go, here it is. And Miyamoto was just on stage at one of these. So they know how this goes. Oh, you sure. think you I think mean, he go, went, before. oh, this is cool? We yeah, I think well, it was good to see him on stage again, yeah. first of all. Yeah, yeah. At any stage. At really. any stage. Yeah. But second of all, I think it's just that you have to get out there and go, hey, we have a very special announcement. We want all of our friends to be there. We want yeah. the internet to tune in. Everyone, we want to let you know what we're doing next. You're lucky that was it. That's our show. Objection! Objection. So, I, no, no, I want to I push back a little bit on that. because I, I Not push back, but ask you. But do you think that the tighter cycle of announcing it to releasing it, is it enough time? Do you think that could be enough time to spread them? And I'm asking you both this. To spread the message of what the hardware is, what the concept is, the launch lineup, and the price. So I, first of all, I actually think next, like, if they do this kind of soft announcement for the shareholders and the world kind of thing, and then they, they do more next year, I do think they'll do a real event. Yeah. Because unlike with... 
I, I think they're still reeling from the Wii U, and they need to go out there, and they need to make a big show yep. about why this thing is special, and it's not just like a 3DS revision. This is not the same as them putting out a hardware iteration. This is the begin of a new console but cycle. But I don't think yes. an event device. is necessarily in the cards it, per se. Like I, I do agree with you. I think an event think will so. happen, but I don't think an event is what kicks it off. I think it's definitely like somewhere in there there is an event. But I think they own the message their own way by doing the video. Like that's, look, that's what they're going to do. Look at what Bethesda did in 2015 with Fallout 4 from E3 to when the game launched just a few months yeah. later. And I'm not saying that it has to be like, it's out now, it's out tomorrow. No, it's not even out that. this month. They can no. say three or four months. Yeah. That buys them some time. But in the video game industry, that's brisk because we're used to things being announced. I mean, I, I we saw trailers at Sony's PlayStation press conference two years ago that still haven't even been released yet, come into fruition. Final Fantasy VII, uh, Last Guardian's coming out this year, hopefully. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think if you tighten that window and you break it down to like something around somewhere between three and five months of going, here's everything we know, here's everything it is, here's everything you need to know, here's how much money it is, you have three to five months to save up for it. You can't do the, it's going to be here next week. Because the iPhone's a little different, people are used to that cycle. Oh yeah, and Apple has more money than anyone, they can make that happen. Like I'm sure Apple spends a lot of money to, to set all of the channels in place so that the minute they finish the announcement, boom. As do Apple users. Yeah, you know, Apple yeah, users absolutely. are now, they're conditioned into being like, I'm going to spend $600, $700 every two years on something. Yeah. There's also trade-in incentives programs and stuff like that this has to be the kind of thing and gamers are younger especially if you're aiming for like a a wide range audience uh a kid doesn't just have 200 300 400 dollars you got to give him or her some time to save up for it yeah and of course this doesn't in any way indicate whether um and this is maybe going past the next a little bit but who's to say nintendo is not following the same ship as the rest of this industry where you're going to have your I'm calling it an NX Pro for the sake of presenting what it is, but you know, a year, two years from now, here's another one improved spec. We're going to keep all this the, this game library because we're not hitting reset on the systems anymore. Yeah, that's what ha- that's what's happening to this industry. The idea that we don't need to hit reset and start from scratch. I I'm really curious. Even when do we hear about PlayStation Five? If that's the case, like, is there such a thing? Not for a you few know? years. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I hope not, you know? I mean, it's a, I think that depends on the messaging of what the Xbox Scorpio, Scorpio is, is actually uh, positioning itself as. If they go, the new generation of Xbox begins now, mm-hmm. then that's when the new generation of video games begins. It's, it starts with them, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, if that if that's if that messaging is happening at the same time as Nintendo saying our new generation starts now or our new thing starts now, mm-hmm. uh, I think Sony is going to be fine riding mm-hmm. off of the the f- successes or fumes mm-hmm. of the Slim and 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 the Neo for and a while then, or the uh, Pro. They, they will also look at their their sales cycle. Right? Yeah, like the 360 lasted for more than eight years, right? Mm-hmm. Like yeah. that was the one of the longest cycles ever um, that that generation because right. the machines were still doing well and they got bolstered by these online networks and you mm-hmm. know like people playing games entertainment for a long time, options so. yeah all those kinds of things i mean like so, xbox if anything was the leader on like netflix and like at least yeah. you know we obviously it did really well but i feel like a lot of people i know didn't jump in until like xbox became the stealth home media mm-hmm. everything device where you can watch every form of entertainment on it yeah. right 
right? And like, now and that that's was it. now that's your phone, yeah, or your laptop. Yeah. Well, and everybody has multiple multiple yeah. ones, so it's no longer that big selling point, and mm-hmm. that's yeah, probably like, why I mean, Sony doesn't worry about the Xbox having a 4K Blu-ray drive, right? Having a 4K yeah, yeah. Blu-ray drive. Well, because you 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 kind of you land early on mm-hmm. on what your favorite Netf- Netflix machine is, well, and where you watch Hulu, and like I've been doing that on PS4 for to, for a few years now, and the idea of watching Netflix on my Wii U is just something mm-hmm. that doesn't happen. Yeah. But what I what I what I think is funny about the Scorpio, by the way, and the announcement is like it is almost the beginning of a new generation. Like, it, I mean, change the change the marketing and the verbiage around it, and it would be and the Xbox Five comes out and it's fully backwards compatible with Xbox Four. That's essentially what it is. Yeah. The message has just changed where Microsoft says, no, we are now closer to a PC where you can upscale your games and make them look better and add additional slider settings for better shadows and stuff for the Scorpio. And so they're introducing that verbiage into it. But it is not very different from launching a new machine. Yep. Whereas like, what we think about the NX is like, it's not going to have a disk drive. That is a completely different machine. You're not going to put your Wii U discs in this thing, yeah. right? And I think that uh, when I ask the question of is it enough time, it can be. I think it just falls on Nintendo yeah. to make sure the messaging is really sound. And that's that's where they fumbled really hard with Wii U. feels like for the, for the iterations on their devices, they've done a better job. Barring you know NES Classic Edition's pre-order situation, I think they've done a decent job with the devices since, but they haven't had to tell a new story since, but, really. But that's this why is I, a new story. That's yeah. why I feel like they have to go big, though. Like, you have to... It's not just the message. It's, like, how you deliver it, too. And, like, we are so accustomed to seeing hardware incremental hardware updates and, like, new 3DSs being disclosed through directs. And like it, um, it feels like there needs to be something with Moomph where somebody again comes but, but out and pulls convinced? something out of their pocket. Yeah, just just to push back a little bit, why are you convinced that the those those announcements via directs aren't exciting? Because I'm not saying social media not blows not, up. I'm not saying social that, media blows up over it. Facebook blows up over it. Like everyone's talking about but it. But I'm not saying they're not exciting, but they're not mainstream events. Like yeah. CNN, CNN couldn't care less about what happens in a Nintendo direct, That's and right. they may pick it up later if Nintendo pushes to them. But it's not it doesn't have that same excitement level where it's like hey there's now an event and we're yes. going to show you yeah. something and yeah. that's why apple still does their own events for mm-hmm. example like they could have done the video thing no they do mm-hmm. it with folks in the room and that's how they can surprise you yeah. with a miyamoto on stage and you'll be like wait what mm-hmm. how yeah, why not, and it's not that i don't think they couldn't do it any other way i just feel like there needs to be a difference to the last announcements because this is a different and new machine and with the gamepad and the NX having some similarities, right? Mm-hmm. There is the risk that the consumer will not understand that. And I feel like or, they need to really yeah, hammer home. Or this think is it's different. the same thing. Yeah. Say, oh, no, I saw how that did. I wasn't interested. And they have to be very careful because yeah. it is, in some, in some ways, some folks interpreted what they've heard of NX as, well, this is Wii U reboot. This yeah. is the Wii U reboot. And it's like, well, it isn't. It isn't, right? Like, it is in terms of, yeah, it's a tablet. It sounds like a tablet-based machine, but it isn't in that... Well, when you get home, it turns it, it's, it turns into the Transformers all of a sudden, like, and things change. <laughs> Maybe it does. We still don't know. Yeah, yeah. No, uh, we'll see. I, I, I'm yeah. glad and we you know why we don't know. What? Because they haven't told us. I know, ah, I know. Well, and we end, I guess, on a frustrating note of we're, we're not quite sure, but I'm willing, and I, it sounds like you guys are in agreement with me, I'm willing to bet hmm. Scenario 3 is going to play out, but we'll see, right? You know, the, it's not going to be the we're going to wake up to an announcement over video, and it's not going to be an event in New York yet. It may be a b- little bit of each one, but I, I, part of me thinks it kicks off with this investor meeting. So right now, it's just the waiting game until then. But we'll see, right? We we will we will definitely see. 
They, they, one thing's for sure. They need a spark this year. They cannot wait till next year. Yeah. They need something this year for their own investment community. And then, you know, whether that is small or big, we don't know. But our bet yes. is that it's probably a little smaller than the full review. Yeah, yeah. And, um, and whatever. We're either right on this or we're wrong. And it's purely speculation. Don't, don't sit there, yeah. you know, reading tea leaves for very are long. You, are you going on vacation sick. again or are you here? Now? Uh, no, I'm here. Jose is here now. I'm not here mentally. I'm Any still time now. Yeah. All right. Um, well, that's our segment. Uh, write in and let us know what you think. MVC at IGN.com. We're always interested to hear what you have to say. In fact, I think you guys put together a gallery of mock-ups based on stuff fans Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah that turned right. out really yeah. well. You can find yeah. that on IGN. Um, we're a weekly show on IGN, of course. And if you have feedback, email us at MVC at IGN.com or leave us feedback on iTunes. I think you can leave feedback on Google Play. I'm not sure. And I say that in that sort of range because I don't know. Mm -hmm. um, but if, uh, in fact, that is true, I will start uh, looking there. But for now, um, definitely let us know what you think. Uh, anything else to plug? I mean, we talked about oh, IGN's birthday parties coming up, 20th anniversary yeah, today. If, if you can, today. if you can make it up, uh, Google it. Look, look for the IGN 20th, uh, 20. Uh, was it 20 years of gaming? It's called. Look for it. If you can make it out to the Bay Area, we we'd be happy to yeah. meet meet you, talk, uh, and we can tell you everything we know about the NX. Which I is don't know absolutely nothing. <laughs> yeah. Um, but Call, you know, make, we'll, we'll give you a hug. Wait, do, you, do you do magic tricks? Maybe we could do magic tricks no. like live. But uh, I, I'm going to tell them all about Paper Mario. We're going to do that oh, yeah. next week. Next week okay. we talk about Paper Mario Color Splash. I'm, I started playing it, but I want to play fun. a little more before we start. It is yeah. fun. I can say that much from the start. And very I, funny too. Yes, very yeah, great. Yeah. A good yeah. writing. Yeah, good. Yeah. Uh, I almost feel like TMI humor. Really? Like everyone has like an oh. additional thing to say where you're like. Really? Well, it's like, like, come in. I'll show you how to do the battle mode. We can watch some TV. I have, uh, I have surround sound. It won't be weird. <laughs> that's a line, <laughs> that, from, that's the a line yeah. from the game. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah. You, you playing yet? I just started it last night. Okay, yeah. so yep. let, let, let's all keep playing. We'll probably it's have good. a Let's Play on the site uh, next week slash this week, and you'll be able to check it out there. Excellent. Well, thank you for listening to Nintendo Voice Chat, and it's good to be back. i got to say, it's good to see you both as well. well so, good to uh, have you back. Yeah, And uh, we will uh, have another episode next week, but you can find us on Twitter. You can find Brian Altano at... Agent Bizzle. You can find Per Schneider at... Per IGN. You can find myself, Jose underscore Otero. Thank you so much for watching, listening, all that stuff. Thank you. And we will see you again next week. Enter the center of my Super Mario adventure. My girl's trapped on the other side of town, so I'm moving in leaps and bounds. Folks around my way think I'm strange, but there's a villain to blame. Even my mom, she thinks I'm crazy, but I got to rescue Daisy. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available.